Hello. Welcome back to Circle City Cinema. I am your host, Zach Griffith, and this is the final Obi-Wan Kenobi recap pod going over the finale from last week. And I'm once again joined for the last time, Bryson Shaddy. I am here, but not for the last time ever, folks. Let me let me be not clear for the last time that. ever. Not for the last time ever. The for end the last of another time chapter. For this. Yes, yes. It's been chapter. a heck of a ride. Put a cap on this season or on this on this limited series, as so it says. Limited, limited. We yes, in quotes, in quotes. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Oh yes, oh yes. But yes, I'm I'm very excited to be here. Very excited. Well, Bryce, just right off the bat, what was a better finale, this or Mandalorian season two? Oh, I don't. <laughs> just right off the bat, right off the bat, gut gut reaction. I'm per ah man. <sighs> I am going. I'm I'm gonna go with Mandalorian hmm. only because we didn't expect it. Okay, we kind no, of we, did not. we kind of saw what was going to happen, what was developing with this season finale of Obi-Wan. We understood what was going to happen, but it was still epic. So, I mean, but the unexpected always gets me. The unexpected always gets me, and I will always go with the unexpected. Simple as that. No <sighs> disrespect to this finale. I want no to go I want to say this, and I respect I respect your pick, and I, I have the same pick. It's just so hard because nobody saw that coming. There was no inkling that that was going to happen, that that magnitude of a character was going to show up. Even when the X-Wing pulled up, you're like, no, no. can't. They can't. They can't do it. He can't be him. Oh, they did. But it was. The Grandmaster oh, himself, it was him. Oh, yes. I just – I want to say this because of the – honestly, because of the nostalgia – and because of how epic the fight was at the end, uh, finally Ewan and Hayden face to face, literally once again. Uh, a lot of callbacks, a lot of cameos in this episode. I think that bolstered it uh, almost to the Mando season two finale level. But uh, it definitely got there in terms of emotion. If you want to compare the two. Absolutely. You know, when uh when Mando takes off his helmet, um and then Anakin and Obi-Wan having a f- not their final talk, but close to it. Their second to last talk. So I will also go with Mando season two finale, but it pains me. It pains me. This is that must have been tough for you. It's right there. It's right there. It's right there. I also want to make a comment. Uh I just thought of this just now. I was reading. Don't ask me why. All right, Wikipedia holes. You go, you go down them, and you never know where you're gonna come up. But I was on the Revenge of the Sith Wikipedia page. Uh, no surprise here. This is typical Griffith And it behavior. said it is considered a cult film. Let me stop you. Right what? There. Well, okay. It go. Yes. Let please, me stop please, you. Right please. Please. It said something like. Due to the status of it being the best in the prequel trilogy and having a strong fan base, it's now considered a cult film. First off, you're a Star Wars movie. You can't be a cult film. Okay? You can't. You can't. You're way, you're way too popular. All right? 
that movie like set the Thursday night record for biggest opening when it came out. So you're not a cult film, all right? A cult film is like like Fight Club, probably the most famous cult film. Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Uh, you know, a movie that didn't make a lot of money when it came out and got a second wind, and now it's like not and Morbius. Here, Morbius. It, no, it's no. not cult film. No. no. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that cult. But. Inherent Vice is a good example of this nowadays, where when it came out, it didn't make a lot of money. It was a, a weird premise. And is that good? It's a very good movie. Really good. Uh, it's a little long, but it's Joaquin, and it's Paul Thomas Anderson. But it's a prime example of a cult film. It doesn't make a lot of money, but catches on cult years film. after the fact. So calling Revenge of the Sith a cult film is a joke. What a right. joke. This is the biggest franchise in movie history. I mean... Not financially speaking, but MCU MCU is the biggest financially speaking. But I would say legacy wise, Star Wars is the biggest franchise in movie history. So why this is not a cult film? This is not a cult film at all. What? (laughs) So I just wanted to say that it pissed me off when I saw it. But uh, yeah, all right. Where were we? Uh, Does the final duel between Vader and Obi Wan enter your? Excuse me. Into your top five duels of all time. Oh, uh, it was lengthy. No, no, I no, I don't think so. I don't think so. You can't just come in here. Maybe, maybe after a while, when I get more time to reflect on it. But as of right now, no, I don't think so because the stakes aren't high. Because we we already know how this is going to end. No That's one's fair. dying. That's fair. Right. I, th- we know what the stakes are. Epic. Yes. Top five. No, that's fair. I just thought because of the length lengthwise, it almost matched their episode three duel. Uh, A better display of force, though. Yes. I will say that Vader, obviously more skilled than he was last time. I definitely got goosebumps watching it, but I think it was the pure nostalgia of me sitting on a blue couch when I'm, you know, seven years old, you know, and not really understanding plots or premises. Just, I want to see lightsabers clashing back and forth. Like I just took me back, man. That was the big thing for me. Just enjoying it. Like I said, nostalgia, there's nothing wrong with nothing wrong with nostalgia. I think that's a big thing with, uh, something we'll talk about in a little bit stranger things you know it takes <sighs> place in the 80s like people who are watching it that grew up in that time my parents relate to it i don't i don't know yeah my yeah, dad I don't, my dad right watches it. i i don't think i don't know that they grab that audience like our parents audience unless if it was set in the 90s or the 2000s yeah i don't i don't think so no i, I don't see this as a as a show that my parents would like outside of it being set in the 80s no so it's man, this was a good this was a good show did it live up to the hype i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say it didn't quite live up to the hype but it was still a great show nonetheless i give it a solid b a solid b I'd rock with that i'd rock with that i mean it's not it, it suffers from the expectations that are that are set yeah. high before it comes out, right? Mandalorian, no expectations. We were blown out of the water with it. 
Yes. Okay, Boba Fett. Okay, this is an existing character. We have expectations. Not didn't good. live up. Obi Wan Kenobi kind of did the last. I would say two and a half episodes. I think is fair to say. Yeah. But it was definitely slow in the beginning. Wasn't the Obi-Wan that you were used to. I understand why they went that way, but still, nonetheless, um, not quite like you said. But yeah, I'll go with the B. I'll go with the B grade. B, which is solid. Solid. Absolutely. Respectable. Uh, On the things we've seen lately. Bryson, what have you seen? Well, I uh, I introduced uh, my lovely Abigail uh, to uh, the great '80s film, The Goonies. Yeah. yeah, The Goonies, man, and she absolutely loved it. I believe she texted you, Zach, she and did. gave it a ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Uh, you know, and we talked a lot. We talked about it, and I'm just I'm just amazed. They just don't make things like this anymore. Okay, no. when when you get when you get Spielberg on a project, I mean Spielberg had a heck of a run during this time right i mean just original content um great screenplays great adaptations it goonies man it, it's a great film if they ever try to reboot it i will be the first one on here for the bryce shoddy memorial miss me uh miss me award with this no question about it because that movie is a perfect film star-studded young cast when you look at it josh brolin just a great a, a Great film, man. Great film. I'll watch it all day long. I can't wait to show my kids this. I just love it. And then uh, I was able to uh, uh, watch the new screen. This was my first viewing. Um, I know, Zach, you've shared your thoughts, and and I feel like we share similar similar thoughts. Great kills. Miss me on the motives. Yeah. Solid, solid reintroduction to the franchise. I think it's been, what, 10 years? 12 years almost or 11 years i believe uh since the last one. i think it's 2011 uh, for sure. 11 years yeah 11 years so solid uh and then uh i was sitting there i was writing about our beloved jacksonville jaguars uh for all of you that know us in the network that's a joke but i was oh, writing about the jacksonville jaguars and i, I re-watched john wick three i wanted to refresh it was on tv i decided to go for it and we talked about the john wick franchise this morning zach and it's just, I, I, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Uh, it's brainless entertainment, but it's actually good. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're there. That's why it's, it's a franchise now. And we're going to get our fourth movie here soon. And, and a show and a show, which I cannot wait for. And a spinoff movie. I'm pretty sure. Are we really? I think, uh, Ruby Rose's character, I think, was supposed to get a spin. Oh, interesting, interesting. I didn't like her character. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But th- that's kind of what I watched this weekend. Three solid films. I would watch all of them again. Uh, you can't beat quality cinema, guys. You just can't beat it. No. And the thing with John Wick, what I was telling you this morning, was it's amazing they were ma- able to make it into a franchise. Because the first yeah. movie that's not make that-, that much money. Are you going to say cult film? The first one when it came out, yes, was a cult film. But now that it's franchised, it doesn't really fit the definition anymore. But when it came That's out... That's probably fair. Yes, it absolutely was. Yes, it was. Uh, what I've seen. Yesterday I saw Elvis with my dad. 
a uh, massive Elvis fan, my dad. Uh, fantastic movie. Fantastic. I was very pleased. Very happy when I walked out of the theater. Fantastic performance from Austin Butler as Elvis Presley. Absolutely deserves to be nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars. Uh, he looked like Elvis. He moved like Elvis. He talked like Elvis. He sounded like Elvis in his singing. It was an unbelievable performance. And let me tell you, there's people who will have you believe Bohemian Rhapsody is a great biopic and a great movie. No, no, no. Elvis blows it, blows it out of the water. Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> was just one long music video. The Elvis, Elvis was a story about a man all the way through from his childhood through when he died. He was only 42 when he died. So a fantastic performance from Austin Butler. Won the uh, won the race to play Elvis against some pretty big names. Uh, I remember Miles Teller being one of the names. Ew. Uh, I know you don't like Miles Teller, which is dumb, but okay, it's fine. Uh, who was the other, some other ones? Ansel Elgort, which you can miss me on Elgort. Absolutely miss me. Miss me on Elgort, but he won. He won it. Uh. So a fantastic performance from Austin Butler. He played Tex in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you see this movie and think he's familiar. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He that's did. why. I need to do a rewatch on that, Zach. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, too. It's a great, great movie. Great movie. I thought about that when I was watching this movie, actually. I was like, man, but no, need to need to go back. Need to go back. And Absolutely. But as for Tom Hanks in this movie. <laughs> Tom Hanks played Colonel Tom Parker, who was Elvis's agent, manager. <sighs> listen, listen. I love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is you bet you better you need to tread very lightly here. Tom Hanks is a national treasure. Okay, he's an American icon. He's one of the ten greatest American actors who ever lived. Okay, this just wasn't it for him. This just wasn't the role for Miss for for Tom Hanks. He hasn't had he hasn't had a knockout role since Captain Phillips, which we're going on oh. ten years ago. Oh my god! We're going on ten years ago. We're doing Apple TV movies now. We're doing Mister Rogers biopic. I mean, what? This Geppetto, just Geppetto is going to rescue his ear. No, Geppetto. No, it's not. No, it's not. Come on, Geppetto. Pinocchio's not going to, not going to, he'd be better off playing Pinocchio. Honestly, this is, <laughs> this is just not, this is not it. This is not Tom Hanks's role. And uh... there's another thing you missed me on. We're not even doing the miss me yet, but this is another thing you missed me on. Casting people to play elderly characters when the actor themselves is not even close to that age. Tom that Parker, does bother you. Tom Parker was 87 when he died. And they have Tom Hanks all caked up in this in this makeup and prosthetics. He looks he looks dumb. It looks terrible. Like all I'm thinking is that looks like Tom Hanks in a bunch of makeup <laughs> in a, in a with a nose job. Like it's terrible. It's terrible. Like we have all these if Chris I was telling this to Bryce, if Christopher Plummer was still alive, he would have been perfect for this role. You know, how about uh, Anthony Hopkins? How about him? I just don't. 
I love Tom Hanks, like I said. Countless, countless iconic roles. You don't need me to tell you what he's done. Nobody needs to tell you what he's done. But just wasn't, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it. A really bad accent, really bad. I don't even know what the accent was supposed to be. So, but he was the only part of the movie where I was like, ah, I'm not sure. Really moving movie at times. Really, really moving. Probably the best movie from director Baz Luhrmann. Uh, really the perfect person to direct this movie. It was a colorful, stylish, uh, almost flamboyantly so. And that's, if you think if you think about his movies, like The Great Gatsby, flamboyant. Very stylish, colorful, just visually colorful. Same thing with Romeo and Juliet. Uh, like a current, Romeo and Juliet had a current setting with Shakespearean dialogue. And... I think this was his best movie. I think this was Baz Luhrmann's best movie. I also cannot overstate what an achievement this is to make. It's impressive that this movie was even decent. I was telling Bryce this this morning. Elvis is probably one of the 20 most famous people to ever walk the face of the earth. I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think it is. Yeah, everybody knows Elvis. I mean, everybody in the world knows Elvis. They, They see his face. They know who it is. They know the name Elvis. Like, well, the 20, if not 10 or 15 most famous people who ever lived. So the fact that this was even remotely good is an achievement in itself, let alone how good it was. 51 and a half million opening weekend. Pretty good. What, can, we, can we take a moment, Zach, real quick to, to talk about the, I'm going to use this term loosely in quotations, the resurrection or the resurgence of movie theaters and, and how much of a joke it is that people said that movie theaters are dying during COVID. So we've had, I believe three movies, maybe it's four that, that, that crossed like 20 million streaming 20 million right. in like it's opening weekend with top gun Jurassic world. And now, and now Elvis now, now I'll be, I well. think I've, I, yeah, I believe you're right. I believe it is light year now. Let's let's look at the common theme of those four movies first off before we get further, right? They're all nostalgic. They all grab an audience that ranges from the older generation all the way down to the younger generation, right? Lightyear, uh, you know, a spinoff of a storied franchise for several years. Elvis, one of the most recognizable guys on the planet Earth forever, uh, Top Gun, right? You're drawing in, you know, our parents' generation, right? And then Jurassic World, you know, everybody likes a, a good dinosaur movie and it's, you know, it's got the old Jurassic Park characters. So maybe maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But the, the fact of the oh. matter is this. They made lots of money and people are going to the theaters again. And rightfully so. Yeah. And they should. There's Absolutely just something should. about going to the theaters we talked about this several times on this podcast. Even when movie theaters were beginning to open up, I know me and you, we, we started going. I was clamoring to get back. Right. And we went and we and we watched movies. I mean, fuck, I saw Tenet during COVID. I saw the you, you did, yeah. re-release during COVID, the summer of 2020. I think the first movie I saw when it was fully opened up, uh, damn. Because I saw Tenet, but it wasn't full capacity. I don't remember, honestly. 
I don't remember. I think it was, you know what? I think it was Mortal Kombat. I think it was Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. Because I remember shortly after that. I know we went and saw Shang-Chi. Yes. And that was, yes. you. we were still getting I back saw into Cruella the, as well. Yeah, yeah, Cruella. I did go see that. Yes. So it was around that time. Yeah, but. I mean, there's just something about, I mean, when we went and saw The Godfather in, in theaters, it's just something different, man. There, it's just it's just something different about being there and watching it in the theater. You get a different experience. And, and I love going to the movie theater, man. I really do. You can't overstate it. I really it. do. Yeah, I don't mind watching movies at home, but there's just something about going, man. There's hey, something about going. Something about going. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Anyway, continue, Zach. Uh, I finished my Stranger Things journey. Baby, officially caught up. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm ready for Friday. It's so good, dude. It's so good. I'm ready for Friday. It's so good. What did you think? What did you think about the first half of uh, of season four here? It was uh, in the running for best season. In the running, oh, hundred percent. I think it might be the best season. And people, I was looking up criticisms. The only criticism was the length of the episodes, and I was like, I don't, care. I don't care. I don't care. I didn't even care. notice. They were good. They were good. And I didn't if, realize this after I watched the finale. I read a thing and it was like Mike and Mike and Will weren't even in the, the, the finale. They didn't even show up. Mike and Will. Yeah, were, that is true. Weren't in it. They weren't that, in Dude, finale. I didn't even notice that. Shoot. So, so let me ask you this, Zach. I know I've asked you several times on the podcast, but is this solidified top five TV show of all time right now the way it is? I'd say top five drama. Top okay. five drama out of out of shows I've seen. Top five drama. I would have it number four. Number four. It's fair. Could you potentially change your mind based on the ending of season five when we get it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could change my mind. But it's going to take a lot to get over, you know, it would have to jump the wire for third place. For so dramas or just all time? Just dramas. Just dramas. Talking all time, then you have to include like Seinfeld. You have to include like, you know, animated shows. You have to include stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But dramas, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, it's so good, dude. It's so good. Absolutely. We, we will... There's never been a show like it. Like, it's just very original. Very original show. Absolutely. And, and let me the just setting with the mix of sci-fi and the coming of age. And oh, we, we have like real adult problems, young adult problems, like with Nancy and Jonathan and and Steve and and uh Robin. Like you just have real relatable things and great casting. Great casting, some of the best writing. That I've seen great villains, great villains. I mean, Vecna is one of the greatest villains in TV that I can recall. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, one of the most brutal villains, you know, yes. televised. To be yeah. fair, I mean, yeah. I, honestly, this season took a turn. Oh, a very dark turn. Darkness. Yeah. Even my dad. Even my dad was like, "Dude, it's like demonic." the way things are happening and then it he comes back awesome. to me like a day later he's like it's awesome never mind <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome 
but like it is it is demonic it's demonic that's what it is it's not it's unsettling at times made me like, uncomfy the deaths at vecna's hands are hard to watch I mean, yeah i mean it's like tvma stuff i don't know if it's grabbed that rating yet but it, i mean it's got to be dang near close i don't know if it hasn't i don't know if it isn't already i guess and some great twists in the finale. Oh man, it's so good. I mean, it's such a good show, man. It's such a good show. It's the best property Netflix has. Bar and, none. and let me let me just tell the audience, myself and Zach Griffith will be getting off at 2 p.m. on Friday afternoon. Hmm. We will be going home and we will begin our journey. It's only two, right? Episodes. Only two. The last episode, I believe, is about two hours and 17 minutes. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. They had me. I, 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 thought, I thought Steve was going to die. Uh, I gave you my predictions today. I think Eddie will die. Uh, Makes me sad. I don't think any of the core kids will die. Uh, I think you're probably right. Eventually, Eleven will die. Probably in the last season. Um. I think it's just a perfect storm, man. I think Murray. But she's will gonna die. die a hero. Oh yeah, she'll die a hero. She'll die a hero. And you know, I was thinking because I was listening to our pod from last week, and you said they keep going to the well. The writers do. Yeah. And it's like Vecna is the biggest bad they have faced so far. I think it's fair to say. Yes. If you look back at season one, the Demogorgon is like nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that was like you know child's play at this point. I mean, you saw, I mean, you saw in the prison with Hopper, right? right? right. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, been there, done that, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, we got a lighter, great. That's all I need, great, fantastic. Like, the stakes increase every season, and so the last season they have to be the highest they've ever been, and it's. Oh, uh, I I think there's immense pressure, but I think I think they have a plan. They gotta have a plan. Absolutely, I think they've had a plan since day one. I think they've had oh, plans since day one. I cannot wait. It'll be. I honestly think that that you know. Oh, probably. I mean, when you gotta, somebody, you got to. when somebody like I feel like Vince Gilligan when he was mapping out Breaking Bad, he knew how it was going to end from day one. Yeah. So. No, I I agree, and and I think they know the stakes have to be higher, right? I think season five will be the most anticipated project of whatever year it comes out. I don't know. I don't know if that's been confirmed what year it's coming out, Hopefully but it'll be, year. it'll be the most anticipated project probably of the year in some time. Right. I mean, Definitely I, for the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That'll be the most anticipated streaming premiere. I'm looking to see ah, if they have, man, a... I can't even think of something that would, because nothing from Marvel is really like highly anticipated next year. I can't even if think I, I that I can remember nothing DC. I can't even think of anything that would rival it. Can't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm. Oh man, I yeah, I don't know. The final know. season of a top five drama of all time. Yeah, I mean it's the end of an era. It's the end of an era. Sad. Sad. It's sad, man. I was it, sad when the episode ended. I was like, I want to keep. I know. I you just want to keep going, you know. Like I hope they don't split it up. I know they're gonna split up season five. That's fine. I wish they wouldn't, but smart move. I get it. Yeah, yeah. 
I get it. And then finally, uh, Me and the Lovely Abigail. This movie's on Netflix right now. The Mist. <laughs> I know Bryce doesn't like it, which sucks. No, it doesn't suck. It, it doesn't suck. Wrong. You need to take your L on this. That's a cult your... film. No, you need to take your L on this. That's you a cult take your L film. I'm not. It's one of the best Stephen King adaptations. They actually changed the ending. <laughs> The ending, I'm not a fan of the ending, actually. Yeah, because it sucks. It doesn't suck. It's not a bad ending. It's just not a happy ending, which is not, you know, for the casual viewer. Typical Stephen King. They don't they don't like that. They don't like that. So it's an adaptation that I really enjoy. It's based on the 1980 novella. I don't know how to say that word. Novella. I don't know. Sounds good. By Stephen King. Uh, like I said on Netflix right now, it was in the top ten yesterday. I don't know if it still is. Uh, directed by Frank Darabont, who is no stranger to Stephen King shit. He directed The Shawshank Redemption, which is one of the ten greatest films of all time. He directed The Green Mile, which is, you know, nothing to nothing to scoff at. And you yeah, watch that. He uh adapted The Walking Dead into a television series. Yeah, what probably and, one of the best shows. Uh, that you could put that yeah. in the top top list all time, you know. I... Yeah, and he took a lot of the actors that were in the mist and brought them to The Walking Dead. Uh, the actress who played Andrea, uh, the actor who played Dale, uh, the actress who played Carol, they were all in this movie. And honestly, it had some Walking Dead vibes with like apocalyptic yeah. end of the world teams uh one guy takes charge people have to die because they're a threat like it's walking dead vibes for sure so the mist it's good don't listen to bryce okay good movie it's a good movie uh and moving on to news bryce before we get into the episode not not as much news as i thought there was going to be for some reason i thought we had a boatload of news we actually don't we just have a little bit Dune Part 2 casting update. Uh, Austin Butler is the most recent to join the cast, along with Leah Seydoux. Uh, Leah Seydoux, of course, the latest Bond girl. She was uh, in No Time to Die, and she was Inspector. Uh, actually had a kid with James Bond. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Sure did. Yeah. And then Florence Pugh and Christopher Walken also in the cast. This is going to be a monumental film. A monumental film. I cannot wait for it to come out. Come I don't out think here. it has... Ooh. I don't think it has a release date. Let me see. October 20th of next year. Okay, that's pretty anticipated. October 20th of 2023. So about a year and a half from now. But yeah. And if you haven't seen Dune part one please please indulge yourself it's on hbo absolutely absolutely go enjoy yourself yes the screen franchise getting a lot of buzz on twitter today for i don't know why really don't know why but it did so bryce people on twitter were ranking their scream movies by the final fight in that movie Mm -hmm. we're not gonna do that we're just going to rank our screen movies from one to five. Yeah. Okay. Right. So five. get five, five, hundred percent scream four. 
No question about it. Um, probably, I mean, it's the worst franchise in the film, or, or worst film in the franchise. So, I mean, and now we're getting taught, we're, we're hearing Hayden Panettiere's coming back for Scream 6. Um, no thanks. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, you can't say a lot. The, the motive sucked. Kills are always good. The kills are always good. Kills are I always can't, good. I can't hate on that. But motive sucks. Villain sucked. Somebody got killed. A mom got killed through a, a mail slot. Yeah. Yeah. She I mean, that's stuck. pretty creative. Gotta say. It's very creative. Very. Uh, My number five is the same. It's Scream 4. I cannot express how much I don't like this movie. This movie sucks. Uh, one of the performers in this movie will be brought up in a little bit by me. Uh, Scream 4, it's really a shame that it sucked because it was the last movie of Wes Craven's career. It was the last movie ever made. Wes Craven's swan song, if you will. And it just sucked. It was not good. Um, the killer sucked. The kills were good, like Bryce said, but I just didn't... It didn't do... I feel like it didn't do anything to move the franchise forward or to do justice to the original movie. It was honestly very... I've only seen it twice. Second time I watched it was because the new one was coming out. So I feel like I had to. But yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, all right, number num- four. Yeah, number four. Uh, it has to be the newest installment of the franchise. Ah! Only because, okay, the kills were sick. Yeah. Really enjoyed the kills. But again, the motive sucks. It sucks. It felt like a repackaging of the first one and a crappy repackaging at that at best. So miss me, miss me on the motives, miss me on the villains. Uh, you expressed that you hate Jack Quaid. Um, yeah, I miss me on Jack Quaid. That's why I have it at number four. Writing Daddy's coattails. <laughs> Uh, but yes, the newest installment at my number four. That's my number three. Scream, the newest Scream, Scream Five. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not gonna fight you on it. Uh, same reasons, you know. For the most part, you can miss me on the killers and their motives. They didn't. They didn't make any sense. There's actually a reference to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you caught it, I don't know if you caught it. There was the female killer was the one who got torched at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And she made a comment that was uh, in reference to how she died in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought it was hilarious. I think I was the only funny. one in the theater who understood it. But I was... I was only like, you would, her. too. That also, is- that, was, that was a brutal scene. Well, when she got flamed? Yeah, man. You get yeah. shot several times. You I, fall I on it. Yeah, you're doused in... In alcohol, I torched her. <laughs> what a film! Uh, but my number four is oh Scream gosh. Two. I yeah, actually you hate this one. Scream Two. I mean, it's fine. I don't mind the college setting. Uh, I don't know. It's it's all right. It's That's all right. my number three. Okay. I don't That's hate my number three. Too. I don't hate it at all. I was a very upset they killed. Ah, uh... oh, fuck! What's his name? What is his name? Keep going. I'm gonna look him up. Randy. 
Randy, yeah. Very upset they killed Randy. Yeah, Randy. dude. Randy was the guy. I, I did like the homage. I did like the homage in, in the newest yeah. installment to him. Greatly enjoyed that. But yeah, man, tough, tough death, you know, tough death for sure. Um then what's your what's your uh well I said my number three, which is the second one for me. What's your number? You said the number three is your is the latest installment, right? So then my number two is Scream Three. I think we agree on the last two spots here. Scream three, off location finally. We're out of Woodsboro. That's right. Uh, we're on set at Stab Three right. in Hollywood. What could go wrong? Well, let me tell you a lot. A lot. Because Sydney Prescott's around. So, I mean, you can only imagine where that goes. It, a lot of interesting twists and turns in that one. Again, it just keeps you guessing. You have no idea, like, what's going on until the end. Solid film. I enjoyed that one. I didn't mind it at all. So that's why it's at my number two. Scream 3 kicks ass. And it's my number two as well. I love the setting. I love that it's on a movie set. I just love everything about it. I can't get creative kills as usual. Like, I just love Scream 3. I love it. I can watch it right now. I can watch it right now. The killer, a little far-fetched. A little, a little bit. That's my only complaint. Very far-fetched. But, I mean, it's a horror franchise. Who gives a shit? Right. And then number one, of course, the original. One of my ten favorite movies. Uh, it's so good. And and now, you know, new tradition. We watched this the <laughs> night before my wedding. Yeah. Uh, you and our good friend of the show, Caleb Lynn. Yes. Uh, whenever you two get married, we're watching this the night before your wedding. That's when right. everything calms down, we're watching this because it's tradition. Yes. It's uh, tradition why? Now. Why? I don't know. I don't know why we decided to watch Scream. I know Caleb had never seen it. I think that was why. I don't but know. Yeah, we just decided to watch Scream. You know, <laughs> and I, I did get married in October, so it was it was a it was yeah. a good true. setting for it. That's true. So I don't know why, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna Tradition do it. Tradition was born. We're gonna night. do it. I'm all for it. I'll watch it right now. Yeah, I will. Uh, some movie anniversaries uh, from the past week: Blade Runner and The Thing, both celebrating 40 years, and then Wally today celebrating 14 years. Wally. Wally. One of the great Pixar films. So I didn't like it. Okay. I just didn't like it, dude. I thought it was boring. All right, friends. All right. Okay. I don't care about his plant. Okay. <laughs> Still, man. Okay. okay, Bryce. Okay. Uh next we have Emma Roberts joins the cast in Madam Web. Speaking of bad scream, uh Casting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Roberts, listen, <laughs> she joins the cast, which includes Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney. I'm actually excited for this movie, of course. I am. So, what's the premise? I guess I don't understand where this fit. Like, what, what am I looking at? Madam Web. So, this is in the Spider Man universe. Madam yes. Web is like this, she's like the Oracle from the Matrix. Okay. If you've seen, if you've seen them, yes, yes, like she's like that. She can like see the future. Uh, she is like, she can see all of the Spider Men and the multiverse. She's, she's like all knowing. She's an all knowing being. Okay, 
Interesting. I think Dakota Johnson is the one playing her. But my point Which here is... Which I'm iffy on, too. Sure. That's fair. Given her track record. But here's my point here. This isn't my miss me either, but you can miss me on Emma Roberts. You can miss me uh, on Emma Roberts. You know, Roberts. I knew you were going to do this, and I was going to say, I'm shocked this isn't your miss me. No, you can miss me on Emma Roberts. Because I think I know what your miss me is. Listen, here... Here is just to give you an idea, just to give you and all the listeners an idea. You know how I feel about Dane DeHaan. Yes, I know. This, hey, is, this is my actress equivalent. Oh my gosh, come Zero on. Zero range. Give me a break. Zero range. They tried to put her in a role with range in Scream, in Scream 4. Didn't work. It was actually laughable at times. It was uh, bad. She's a child star. She needs to stay a child star. No, she needs to to stay as Nancy Drew. Yeah, she needs to stay as Nancy Drew. She needs to whatever the whatever else she was in. I don't even remember, but she needs to stay there because she needs to get into producing or something because she Um, she sucks. She sucks. My gosh. She sucks. I don't know what else to say. Dane Han sucks and and now she sucks. They're in the same category for me. I'm very upset. Obviously. She was cast. I'm very upset. I don't understand. Understand. There's only one Madam Web. Why does she need to be in this movie? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Come on, let's have some good news here. Whatever. I also just want to give a shout out to I saw this tweet from Culture Crave. Shout out to the prosthetic designer Barry Goer. In the last year alone, he has designed the Green Knights, Night King. Well, longer than a year ago, but the Night King from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Vecna from Stranger Things and Zombie Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Just go look at pictures, folks. Just go look at pictures. You can just Google guy. those. Now, Green Knight, what was that from again? Was that from the Green Knight? Green Knight, yeah, from the movie The Green Knight. From the movie The Green Knight, okay. Night King from, from Game of Thrones, Vecna from Stranger Things, and then Zombie Doctor Strange, obviously, from Multiverse of Madness. Just go look at it, folks. Go look at Incredible the- work. Incredible work. Incredible Outstanding, work. man. I mean, Just very yes. Incredible. Vecna alone. There's not enough you can say. The Bryce Shadow Memorial, please miss me award. Now the official miss me. Bryce, you go first. Because okay, I'll go first because I, I know you got some on your chest. I, I think we talked. Yeah, did we talk about it today? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Okay. Well, this is my miss me. Um I enjoyed this franchise as a child. Um, another reboot that's probably going to go wrong um, and ruin this entire franchise for me. Zachary Levi has been cast in the new Spy Kids reboots. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Okay. I mean, what was what's wrong with the originals? The originals were great. They were outstanding. I could watch those probably right now, honestly. Uh, they were that entertaining as kids. Antonio Banderas, Carla, Carla, uh, I don't even know how you say that. Gugino. Gugino, yes. Danny Trejo is in it. Hot. Carla Gugino. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The Cortez family. It, it's such a great franchise. Why are we trying to ruin this now? And and I'll be with Zachary Levi. 
why is there such a run on Zachary Levi right dude, now? Dude, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Why are know. we doing this? Shazam sucked, dude. It's Shazam. You were Kurt Warner in the movie American <laughs> Underdog that supposedly sucked. Like, why is there such a run on this? American Underdog. This is dumb. Oh, I forgot about American Underdog. So you can miss me on another childhood reboot. Spy Kids. Leave it alone, man. Is it? A, it's a movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Even if it's a series, you can miss me on that too. Okay. Terrible. That's whatever. We don't need it. All right. You were you were upset with this today. Yeah, was, I was legitimately upset. I, I thought it was bullshit. I thought it was a joke. I mean, my my miss me award. Disney has offered Johnny Depp <laughs> the man who they left to burn. The man who they left to suffer. Didn't even wait to see the verdict. Left him to die. They've offered him a $301 million deal to return as Jack Sparrow. So basically, as soon as Johnny Depp was slammed with this uh, lawsuit from Amber Heard. And then he filed his. Disney was very quick to uh, kick him to the curb. Very quick. Very quick. The man who they honored as a Disney legend. The man who has made them literally billions upon billions of dollars in a franchise based on a goddamn roller coaster. They left him to burn at the stake. And what does he do? He beats the case. And now they come crawling back. The mouse comes crawling back to Captain Jack. Please, please come back. Please come back and make your millions. This is absolutely pathetic from Disney. This is absolutely pathetic. It's shameful. It's comedic. It's laughable. It's laughable. You left this guy... You left him to burn. You left him to burn. Literally, as soon as shit hit the fan, you didn't even wait to see. You ignored the evidence. You were just like, yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. And now he has a rousing victory, a convincing, undeniable victory over Amber Heard in courts. And now they offer him $300 million to make the, you know, to make amends. If I was him, Bryce, I would say double it and you have a deal. Yes, you went into agent mode. Make it six hundred million. I would if I was his agent. To be like, fuck you. You left him to burn. Make it double it. Make it six hundred million. <laughs> Make it six hundred million for not standing by him. Then you have a deal. Then you have a deal. This guy, one of your biggest assets of the past twenty years, no history of this kind of behavior. And then you just leave him out to dry. You just fucking leave him, hang him out to dry. Like he was nothing. Like he meant nothing to you. you totally distance yourself. He beats the case. You look like fools. And now here you are knocking at his door, begging him to come back. Miss me on Disney making this last ditch effort to bring back Jack Sparrow. Miss me. If I was Johnny Depp's agent, I'd be like, double it and you have a deal. Make it 600 million and we're in. Because I would want every dime that I lost from them firing me. You know, Zach, uh, 
I heard that I, I'm I'm not I'm not joking with you either. Somebody took a picture of a Jack Sparrow lookalike in Disney World today. They brought the character back about to make this. appearances. I heard about this. Yeah. It's a joke, dude. It's a joke. It is a joke. It is a joke that they took the character out of the out of the theme park. It was just, oh, I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't go into it. I can't go into it. Oh, I'll go. I'll have a heart attack. I can't do it. Just a joke from Disney. Just a joke. I hope they're ashamed of themselves. Oh, Johnny Depp's agent says, "Fuck you, fuck you." Uh, how about six hundred? About that. Six hundred thousand or six hundred million. <laughs> My about gosh. That? How about that? <laughs> I know you have it. I know you have the money. Anyway, uh, I digress. The plot of the finale of Obi Wan Kenobi. We start out Reva having found the location of Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, travels to Tatooine to get revenge on Anakin for the slaughter that was Order 66, the slaughter of the younglings at the Jedi Temple. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan breaks off from the group of rebels to face Darth Vader alone upon realizing that he's not going to stop until he gets Kenobi by himself. He doesn't care who's in the way. He knows how Anakin's mind works. And it turns out he's right. That's right. Then, Obi-Wan versus Vader, round two. Technically, round three, if you're counting the episode three fight. So, we'll say, yeah, we'll say round three. I'll go with it. Yeah, we'll go for it. Obi-Wan versus Vader, (laughs) round three. Obi-Wan clearly much finer-tuned skills than his last. Yeah, that's right, baby. That's right. Uh... Quite honestly, an ass kicking. An ass kicking. Quite honestly, it was an ass kicking. Yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there was one minute where he was, he was, it wasn't looking good for him. He was piled under a bunch of rocks. Vader basically was walking back to the ship like he had won the damn thing. And then, which that will come up in a later category. And, <laughs> uh, it, <sighs> He gets the rocks off him, and it's basically a shutout. He pitches a shutout the rest of the the rest of the way. We were talking about this before the show. Very reminiscent to the Revenge of the Sith duel in terms of the length of the fight, in terms of the emotional weights. Now you made a good point that we knew how it was going to end. We knew yeah. neither of them was going to die. Um, I was hoping for a little unmasking. I was thrilled when we got it, even if it was a half measure. I don't care. This one, you made a good point, and I had this in the notes here. It exhibited more force usage. Really, the force skills were on display. When you think back to the episode three fight, it was mostly lightsaber combat. Of course, there was some force jumping like there is in every fight, but, I mean, come on. It's it's underrated, but and easily overlooked. This was awesome. This was this was purely awesome, and and not again. The thing that probably started giving me goosebumps is when Obi Wan drew his sword, his lightsaber. He did his little hand thing. He said, "I do. I have to do. I will do as I must." It's on, baby. It's on. 
You know what's coming. Said the same thing in episode three. Oh, it's uh, I. I'm not I will mad. do what I must. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I don't care. I don't care if it's repetitive. I don't. I don't care. It was awesome. No, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. And we were ready to rock and roll, baby. And Absolutely. I thought the setting, like the entire the planet setting, was awesome. It's dark. It's ominous. With a little bit of glow, the lightsabers really pop. Those overhead camera views, love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely love it. There's nothing like you not seeing anything except those two those two lightsabers light up and glow up against everything. I don't even care that I see the bodies of them. If I see those things, I know it's happening. It's yeah. awesome. Love love the cinematography of that entire scene. Obi-Wan gets his butt whooped at the beginning. Uh, no surprise, he comes out of it, right? And absolutely demolishes Darth Vader. Tough rock, dude. Some of them rock throws right to the head. Right to, to the, the head. body. Concussed. Absolutely. Concussed, dude. Absolutely. And then just absolutely just dissecting him. Again, the lightsabers, lightsaber I mean, skills completely on, dis- on display. Dissection. Slice and dice. I mean, Straight who to better, the body. Who better to fight him than the yeah. guy who knows him the best? I mean, the only time, the only time on screen that I can remember Anakin losing a fight someone other than Obi Wan was when Count Dooku cut his arm off in Episode Two. Right. But still, Padawan. You know, he's a Padawan yet. He's not yet a knight. I think he was only. Oh, fuck. How old was he? 18 no, not, not, not even maybe 20. not even yeah right not even 20 really old for a padawan but you know ultimately came back beheaded dooku and now it's just who better to fight him who better to fight him? nobody knows nobody knows how he thinks better than better than obi-wan it's and a really like you said really great shots really awesome shot when uh, half the mask is cut off. Yes, yes. It starts out with the blue lighting. Yes, and then when he says, "I killed Anakin Skywalker, not you," it turns to red, and it's just like, "Yeah, he's gone. He's gone." Yeah, he's gone. But that's also—I mean, we've seen that before in Star Wars, right? And it—it's a—it's signifying certain things. Uh, it's just awesome, dude. It's just well done. It's well thought out. It's exactly what the fans want uh, because uh, who ultimately is your better audience than your fans and who should you listen to? Right. Who are you making this for? You know? Right. And they did exactly that. And callback, you wanted it. Sith eyes. Sith eyes, baby. We got the Sith eyes. That's right. A chilling image. Like pure evil image of Anakin Skywalker now just fully embracing. Screensaver worthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen so many Twitter accounts make this their profile picture. Like, why wouldn't you? A chilling image of half Anakin, half Vader. Very similar. Uh, another callback, a callback to Rebels when he fights Ahsoka in Rebels. It's literally the same thing. It's the same thing, except it's the other side of the mask. You have the yellow eyes, this lost soul inside the suit. So the suit's taken L's. The suit has taken L's for sure. For sure. I mean, it took an L in Revenge of the Jedi. Or not Revenge of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. 
Like, yeah, it yeah. Took, it took an L here. You would think so they would levels. learn like some better craftsmanship or something. I mean, even Kylo Kylo Ren's mask was it took an L. It took an L, but it recovered well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would think you would think they learned. I wonder who made it. I wonder who made the suit. Um, obviously not the Mandalorians. Obviously not. Just selling. Just obviously saying. Not. Obviously not. Beskar is the way to go. I mean, some chilling quotes here. Obi Wan just tear, teary eyed. I'm sorry for all of it, Anakin. I'm sorry for all of it. And mm. Anakin saying, and is it's like a half because the the voice modulator. Oh, damn it, that freaked me out, man. That freaked yeah. me out. I'm not even gonna like, lie. It made Anakin's me feel eerie. Voice and Vader's voice combined. So it's like half James Earl Jones, half Christensen, and he's like. I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. And then Obi-Wan says, then my friend is truly dead. Which is a callback to Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi saying, then my father is truly dead. After trying to turn him before they go into that first starter. Just fucking brutal. Amazing fan service. Brutal for Obi-Wan as a character. Like, he just, he realizes it. He realizes it. And then the goodbye Darth at the end. Goodbye Darth, which is another Dude. callback to when they fight again in A New Hope. When Darth Vader says, uh, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. And then Obi-Wan says, only a master of evil, Darth. Like, just <sighs> amazing callbacks, amazing service to the fans. Like, I just don't. Oh man, it's chilling. I want to watch it. I'm gonna watch it on YouTube tonight. I'm going to because you know somebody has made <laughs> you know somebody has made a, a match. Oh yeah. Right? Has Star have. has Star Wars Theory come out? You, you know, with a I don't know. I have to look. I our boy so. Star Wars Theory he has to have. Yeah, he he's done with the hate. Yeah, he's, he's done with the hate. Good on. for him, dude. Star Wars Theory takes a lot of shit, and I'm finally glad. I don't know why he takes a lot of shit. Stood up for himself. He's the best. Star Wars YouTube channel by far. It's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. Stood no. up for himself, said fuck you to the haters, and it's about time. It's about time. I'm glad. I'm glad. Glad he stood up for himself. Uh, so it's just some chilling quotes, great callbacks to you know the shows and the prequels and the originals. This is just really, really awesome. Like I said, the sadness in Obi-Wan's eyes, just tearful. Ugh. the rage invaders like you feel sad man vader is he like trying to make obi-wan feel better by saying i'm not your failure that this was my choice i don't think so i it's, don't I, maybe i was always this way you know like i don't know. i don't know it's you could read it a lot of ways you can read it a lot of ways uh and a little fun fact here. The injury to Vader's left forehead is seen in Return yeah. of the Jedi when Luke unmasks him on the Death Star. That's right. The very first time we see Darth Vader's face. Return That's the right. So what they say? We're not going to break canon. And they didn't. They didn't break it. That's right. That's right. They, they know. They know. That's right. That's right. Reva then arrives at Luke's home on Tatooine, confronted by Owen and Beru. They don't stand a chance, obviously. 
Uh, hey, Owen they put, put up, up a great fight. They did. Owen put up a nice fight, and Baru wasn't too bad. But obviously, they weren't going to win. Uh, she chases Luke into the desert, but has some flashbacks to the temple massacre when Anakin killed all the younglings, and she returns Luke to the Lars family. Obi-Wan's there waiting. Uh, he congratulates her for overcoming her trauma, which is something Anakin couldn't do and ultimately led to Anakin's fall. You know, Anakin couldn't get over the fact that he wouldn't be able to save Padme, couldn't get over his mother's death. He couldn't get over not being a Jedi Master. And he also was corrupted by the Emperor. And now here we are. And Reva did something that Vader could not do. Overcame the trauma. How about uh, far? Yeah. Well, how about how about Owen's quote though? He is my own. He is my own. Man. Yes. Man. What a quote. That's what a quote from Owen. That was a great quote. Edgerton, despite limited screen time, was very good. Excellent. Excellent. Very, very good. Very good. Excellent. A more well-known actor now. Uh, yeah. You know, not too big, not too big to to take this role again. No. And give us the fan service that we so desire. So saw, sh- saw shout out from Joel. Him. He was very happy to come back. Yeah. Shout out Joel, man. Shout out Joel. Yeah. Shout out Joel as Owen Lars. Joel Edgerton. If you want to see good Solid Edgerton actor. again, go watch Warrior. Oh. Yeah, baby. Warrior. Oh, yeah, man. baby. Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. What a film. What a film. Yeah, baby. Uh, there's two movies called The Gift. The one not directed by Sam Raimi is the one Joel Edgerton's in. He plays the the creep. Solid. Solid that's, movie. That's fitting for him, too. Solid movie. He pulled it off. Joel Edgerton. Great. Joel Edgerton was also good in The Great Gatsby. Oh. He played Tom in The Great Gatsby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Great, great Great actor. Uh, on Mustafar, Vader abandons the search for Obi-Wan. The long search. Our first cameo. Ian yeah, baby. Kermit reprising his role as Emperor Palpatine slash Darth Sidious in a hologram questions Vader's motives and loyalty, which is reminiscent of the... That's right. That is right, Bryce. <laughs> Bryce just struck the iconic... Palpatine pose with the hood. Oh yes. The hands. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh, uh, it was awesome. Uh, call back. Yeah, like you yes. said, call back. Another one. Same question he asked him in uh, Return of the Jedi. He's he's questioning. He's just questioning him. Are you are your thoughts clear? Are your thoughts clear? Because he knows. Obi-Wan once meant a lot to him. And then the same thing in Return of the Jedi. He knows Luke is his son. Are, like, are, are are you clear on this matter? Do you know what we have to do? So, it also just shows... I can't imagine And when the original trilogy came out as a kid, you're like, wow, Darth Vader is the face of evil. And then you learn that there's someone above him. You learn that, oh, he works for somebody? Yeah, you're like, how is that possible? Oh, fuck. Who does he work for? Right. And then just I mean, the incarnation of evil and Emperor Palpatine. Oh, yeah. 
Also, very cool shot of Vader sitting on his throne at Mustafar. Very. Very cool shot. Very. And, and let me just say, I got my debit card this afternoon. So my Darth <laughs> oh, Vader debit card. Oh. Dude, I need to show you this thing. This thing is epic, <laughs> man. I'm telling you. it's. I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed. I'm going to show you tomorrow at work. This thing looks awesome. Nice. It's scary. I can't wait to use it. You know what you need to do? Card. You need to go to the ATM and withdraw $66. <laughs> That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. I'm going to tell the act. teller. I'm going to tell the teller. I'm going to tell that old lady teller at Chase. <laughs> hey, I'm here to execute order 66 <laughs> and just hand her my debit card. See what she does. 66. <laughs> $66. Uh, shout out Ian coming back though. Yeah, Ian. <laughs> Ian, happy to come back. Happy Absolutely. Come back. Checks. 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 Easy checks. Checks. Easy checks for Ian McDermott. Uh on Alderon, Leia has embraced her duties as princess of the planet. And a little politics as well. Obi-Wan and Bale share a nice embrace. It was kind of cool. They, yeah. They last time they saw each other, it wasn't, uh, you know, they were in, in the, the cave. Best circumstances. Tatooine. They weren't, you know, they were unsure. So it was kind of cool to see the two friends share a hug. Obi Wan tells Leia of the quality she got from both their parents, Anakin and Padme. So that was that was nice. That was a nice moment. I mean, he was absolutely mm-hmm. right. He was spot more. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was an excellent moment. Kind of brings, you know, kind of. Get welling up a little bit, a little welling up. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. You're like, oh man, man. Oh, yeah. She only knew. Yeah, yeah. Great, great thing, man. Great thing. A little sad, you know, just you may never see him again, wherever. You know, I, the question marks, obviously, we, you know, the mm-hmm. foreshadowing. So I think that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really great moment. And then, uh, Great final sequence here. Obi-Wan allows Luke to have a regular childhood. Uh, hello there. We get the hello there. That right. whole that whole thing was great. You know, with, yeah. with uh, Owen saying, hey, you want to meet him? That Obi-Wan, extremely happy. You get because the we know there. they meet. Right. Because in A New Hope, Luke is like Ben Kenobi, old Ben Kenobi. Like, he knows who he is. I kind of welled up there too, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Dude, I'm getting soft as I get older, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, they reach back into your, into your, I, yeah. into your brain. Into your brain. And Dude. They're just, like, they're just like, yeah, I know. This will get them going. Yeah, well, they did it. And my prediction comes true. My prediction comes true. Last week, I booked it on the pod that Liam Neeson would show up. And guess what? He did. Guess who's back? He did. Oh, Liam back. Neeson. Back again. Liam Neeson reprising his role as Qui-Gon Jinn. His first live action appearance. Qui-Gon Jinn's first live action appearance since The Phantom Menace in 1999. And he first came back for the right reasons. Since Clone Wars. He came back for the right reasons. Absolutely. Checks. No, come on. It wasn't checks. It wasn't checks. We have the quote. (laughs) We have the quote. The quote. It's a great quote. It's a great quote from Liam Neeson. He basically said, I wanted to do right by George Lucas and honor what he created. 
Notice he didn't say Disney. He said George Lucas. That's right. <laughs> the father of Star Wars. Thank you. Oh, that was a really nice quote from from uh, Liam Neeson. So, and he said, "I didn't want anyone else playing." It's fair. Which, yeah, if I played a Star Wars character, he's mine. I'm not letting anyone else touch him. Especially if I played a Jedi. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah. No. So that that's great. That was great to see. Uh, and then, you know, when they did the remastered versions of the of the original trilogy, they did the remastered like the special editions in the '90s. Mm-hmm. When George Lucas thought CGI was had gotten far along enough where he could make some changes, they missed an opportunity. Because if you remember the Force Ghost that appeared at the end of Return of the Jedi when Luke looks up and it's Yoda, it's uh, Obi-Wan, and then they replaced the original Anakin actor with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. They could have put Qui-Gon in there. It wouldn't have made a lot of sense because Luke wouldn't know who Qui-Gon was. Right. But That's just you. It would have been nice. That's just you. <laughs> That's you. Nice. No, see, this is what this is the people that, that Star Wars theory hates. People like you. But no, no, it's people not. like you. No, it's not. I'm not a hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater. He hates haters. Uh, oh. It's fine. It's fine the way it is. But it's fine. if you're talking about keeping the, the integrity of the canon, it wouldn't have made sense because Luke. Correct. I believe has no canon idea. Is everything. We know this would have been nice as all would have been nice as all. Uh so that's it for the plot. A couple questions here. Season two, Bryce. If we got a season two, here's some ideas for some villains, some possible. Okay, okay, okay. A damaged and reborn General Grievous. I've heard this seeking revenge. I've heard this. I he exploded. <laughs> That's why I said reborn. No, 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 no. You can miss me on that. I, I get I get where you're going with that, but come on. This is kind of a reach, isn't it? It's absolutely a reach. I didn't say it wasn't a reach. No, miss it's me, please. Reach. Miss me. Hope you got something better than that. And then of course Darth Maul, who has endured. Since the Clone Wars, since really the Phantom Menace, if you want to get into it. Yeah. The arch enemy of Obi-Wan. Uh, I'm not sure if this would break canon with Rebels since he appears in Rebels, but I don't know. I feel like Ray Park would be willing to come back to play mm. Darth Maul. You know, Sam Whitworth's not doing anything. He can voice him. Ray Park's not doing anything either. They both came back for. For uh, solo, I don't see why they wouldn't come back again. But yeah, I don't know the odds of season two. I'm not buying into the odds. No, what if you got to put a percentage on it? Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Thirty percent. Until I see a verified a verified account come out and say it's been renewed for season two. I give it a 40% chance because I, I know that, well, I don't know if you saw this today, Zach, but this project was originally a movie out of, uh, three movies. Yeah. Three movies. So I'm wondering if there's enough content there 
or enough ideas where you could where you could do a season two. That's why I give it a 40 percent chance, because I know they, they didn't have any intentions. But again, the fan service, right? They've been paying right. attention to a lot of the fans. But at the same time, they have a lot of content for us already. You know, Andor's coming. You know, Mando is on a very successful run. Ahsoka. They have Ahsoka's coming out. They have more movies coming out. I don't know. Also, like I said I last know. week, like you're running out of. You're running out, out of time frames. Where right. You're running out of room. Up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he dies in episode four. He he's briefly shown in Rebels. And then, you know, I just don't see it. I don't I don't I don't see it. I think you could do max three seasons. I think you get three seasons. Probably. Probably could. You probably could. It's just I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It is to, tough. Because Ewan McGregor is a big actor and his schedule he's is not, packed. He's not doing anything. The last big thing he did was what? Train Spotting 2? No. Dr. Sleep? No. No. What was it? What Dr. Was Sleep. It? He was in Birds of Prey. Okay. Come on. Yeah. How'd that do? He's, he's Paddington. How'd that do? He's Paddington. Christopher Robin. No, of course. If I was Ewan McGregor, I would drop everything and do this. But. Let me see the you know the last things that he was in. Let me look at this. Let me see this. But, okay, so okay, so he's okay. He's in post production for quite a few things. He's busy. That's my point. I guess he's busy now. Christensen's not busy. If they wanted to bring him back, he would be very willing to come back. Yeah, that's fair. Very willing and able to come back. That is fair. But. Uh, I don't know. Season two, I give a 30% chance. 30% chance of happening. Hope I'm wrong. Hope it's better. But uh, you're right. This was originally envisioned as three movies. When they announced these anthology movies, it was Rogue One, which didn't have a title yet. It was Solo. Then it was Boba Fett, which they changed into a show. And then it was Obi-Wan, which they changed into a show. So Probably, probably the best idea for them. Yeah. It was the best idea. It was the best idea. The block in the backward for the most brainless decision. Vader not checking the body as he walked away from Obi-Wan. Typical mistake. Buried under the rubble. Made the same mis- Obi-Wan made the same mistake in episode three. You left him alive. He left him alive. Yep. Sure did. I mean, uh, we. this is classic. This is classic Star Wars, right? Or classic. You never check it. You know, but that's also what got Dewey killed. Went to go check the body, right, finish right. it, and got killed. But anyway, my block in the back is uh, Owen and Baru for missing their shots. Yeah, um, I mean they had a clear shot. She had no idea. Reva had no idea. Stormtrooper accuracy. Yes, it, terrible, <laughs> terrible. Uh, good fight though, but come on, you missed right off the bat. Ah, okay, that's my block in the back. Who got the worst? I'm going Vader. Uh, once again, owned by his former master, and then goes home only to get uh, roasted by his boss. Oh, that's a tough day. Over the phone. That's a tough day. That is a tough day. Yeah, over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my who got it the worst is Crass, uh, 
the uh, Darth Vader suit craftsmanship. Whoever made that, your schmuck. Yeah. Uh, didn't hold up at all. No, it didn't. Kind of embarrassing. But yet you still go with the same company to make your suit over and over again. Whatever. Whatever. You would think an entire galaxy, you look for the best materials. You know, you, you find some Beskar or something, you know. But no, I guess not. I guess not. Whatever. Well, it, it did the same thing again in Rebels. The mask was once again broken. And then I think he had the same suit until he died in episode six. Because I don't think it suffered any big damage. Where Are we overrating Darth Vader's lightsaber skills? For no. him to get his suit dismantled no. that many times? No. No. I'll give him a pass on those because those are two very emotional battles. Okay, but that's master, his problem. That's his, his pro- former that, apprentice. That's always he's always problem. had a problem with emotions. He's never been able to hold his emotions. Hey, hey I listen, listen. When it's that's just on some, you. When it's just some Joe Schmo on the street, you know, like like we saw in this series, snap a snap a dude's neck, snap yeah. a dude's neck. Yeah, I'm just saying, when you put emotion in his way, you're probably gonna beat him. You're probably gonna beat him. He can't. He can't close it out. He can't. He can't. Not a closer. He's not a closer. No, no. <laughs> he's not a closer. He's not a closer. Uh, uh like in uh, even in Empire Strikes Back, Luke gets away. Luke gets away. This is true. No, he definitely won that fight. Absolutely won that fight, unquestionably. But still get away. Uh, all right. Top five tonight in honor of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the show coming to an end. Bryce, your top five Obi-Wan Kenobi moments across the Star Wars franchise. Okay. Your number five. My number five, Obi-Wan versus Jango Fett and Attack of the Clones. Ah, I like this one. I like the setting. I like that it's pouring rain. Um, I like, I, I, you know, Obi-Wan kind of takes an L a little bit, but he makes it up on the throw of the tracking device. Excellent throw. Mahomes throw. Absolutely. <laughs> Incredible Side throw. Arm. But it was just, it was just a cool, it was a cool battle to see. Um, I, you know, when he goes inspect that whole scene of him on Camino, I think is, is a great sequence for him. Um, you know, doing the big J journalism, and then you know he's catching up Jango Fett, tries to fight him. Um, and then mystery of the clone the army. Yeah, man, good, good scene, good scene. That's my five. I like that. It's one of my honorable mentions. I really wanted to put it in here. Uh, just couldn't, just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. My number five, Clone Wars. Resisting the urge to kill Maul after Maul kills. The Duchess Satine, who, for those who haven't seen the Clone Wars, was the love of, of Obi-Wan's life, nearly got him to leave the Order. Obi-Wan even says, at one point, had you said the word, I would have left the Order. And he's very close to just killing Darth Maul after he's holding Satine's body in his arms, and he's just really close to dealing the death blow, and he didn't. So... That was a really powerful moment. 
that was the moment Maul got his revenge, if you will, on Obi Wan for cutting off his legs. <laughs> so uh, they were even after that, I would say. My number four, defeating General Grievous. I knew this is three. gonna make it for you. Lengthy battle. Uh, rousing victory. Of course, uh, led right into Order sixty six, but still great memorable battle. What's your number yeah. four? My number four is actually Obi Wan versus Darth Vader in Kenobi. Nice. This makes it for me because, again, I thought it was shot really well. I thought um, the display of power was excellent. Um, Nostalgic as well, you know, with Obi-Wan's lines. And just the interaction of words, the dialogue in that scene is also very powerful as well. So this makes the list for me for a combination of various reasons. I thought it was well done. Well done. If we're talking lightsaber duels, no, this probably doesn't make it. Well, maybe if we're talking just Obi-Wan, but um, but moments, that's it there. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. My number three, I'm making an audible right here. I'm wow. A switch, a switch on the fly. <clears throat> the quote right before Obi-Wan kills, or right before Obi-Wan is killed by Darth Vader. Mm. If you strike mm-hmm. me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Which is true. Which is true. And it ended up playing out. Vader, schmuck. What's your number three? Cool. Uh, that's actually my number three, too. Nice. nice. <laughs> that's my number three, too. Uh, I think we might we might agree on the last three. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, you surprised me. But, yeah, I mean, even just this duel, uh, given the stakes and what was going on at that point in time, and then you have qu- uh, the quote, of course. Yeah, that's why it's number three for me. My number two. Defeating Anakin on Mustafar. Uh, the greatest lightsaber duel ever put to screen. Oh, yes. uh, the most emotional lightsaber duel ever put to screen. One of the greatest action sequences that we've ever seen. Period. Oh my. Oh. Yes. Yes. I'm going there. You just. Oh, Zach. Am I wrong? Oh, dude, I don't know about like one of the greatest. How about all right? One of the greatest on-screen fights. Yeah, in the history of movies. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I stand by what I said. I can't believe you put that at two. Then. Yeah, I put it at two. I put it at two. If 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 what I'm thinking is number one, I'm gonna be mad at you. We'll see. My number two. Is Obi Wan versus Maul in the Phantom Menace? Yeah. Is that your number one? It is. Oh my! Here, no, here's no, why. You're gonna no, hear me is, out. No, this is just a fan thing. This no, is a fan not. thing for you. Yes, it is. Absolutely, you're gonna hear me out. Uh, fine, like fine. Go for it. Fine. No, you just you just gave that scene no. high praise and you put it at two on your list. What an absolute no, clown move! No, no. Defeating yeah. Darth Maul in episode one is the top moment because oh my. think of the resolve it took to finish that fight. You just saw this demon looking son of a bitch 
with the most badass lightsaber you've ever seen. Strike down your master of uh, at least 10 years. Kill him right in front of you. Then you have to go in and finish it. You have to go in and finish it. Then you cut off his legs thinking you've won, but it kicks off this rivalry that lasts for almost 30 years. If you're talking canon years. The 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 Maul Obi Wan rivalry. It kicks off that that relationship. That's why I have it number one. Because okay. the ripple effects. Wow. Well, my number one is the Revenge of the Sith scene with Anakin, of course, not Mustafar. Of course, I'm I, not mad. Yeah. I can't. I don't. I can't. I can't disagree. I'm just saying. I got you. I got you. I'm just saying. You just gave that scene high praise, and you put it number two. It's fair. Just saying. It's a fair complaint. Just saying. I stand by what I said. That's fine. That's fine. You stand by it. Yeah. It's a good top five to round out round out this this series here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we go, Bryce, I'm bringing back a category. <sighs> See, I was nervous. I've been nervous about this the whole entire time we've been recording. Bryce has no idea what this is. <sighs> Dude, I hate this. <laughs> I'm bringing back. The wild cards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the wild cards. Oh man! Uh, Callback. Have nothing to do with this pod. Anything that was discussed on this pod, nothing, nothing to do with it. They're just totally oh. random topics. So the first wild card. I have two. I have two wild cards. First yeah, you're going to need to have two. <laughs> I saw the Dave Matthews Band on Friday. Okay. <laughs> okay. In concert. Phenomenal concert. My first time at Ruoff. Did you like, did you get the chairs? Phenomenal. We didn't get the chairs. You didn't get the chairs. But okay. it, I didn't care because it was a phenomenal show. The environment was great. Had some of those, uh, Jack Daniels strawberry punches. <laughs> Goddamn. Had three shots of fireball. Very nice. Oh Lord. Now no wonder you thought you could defeat General yeah. Grievous in battle. I, I made a claim to our group chat on Friday night that I could defeat General Grievous in combat. I don't stand by what I said. Bryce, <laughs> Dave Matthews is not. Oh, one of my top three favorite artists, but I want to know your top three favorite artists. Oh man, come on! I'll give come you mine on. if you want me to go first. Okay. All right. Okay. My favorite is the Smashing Pumpkins. <sighs> yeah, I know you listen to them a lot. I'll be honest, man. I'm not a big fan. I know you're not. Not a big fan. My number two is the Beastie Boys. Okay. My number three, Thomas Petty. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're talking all time. All time. All time. Okay. Wow. Uh, one for me. It's got to be ACDC. Wow. Nice. I listen to a lot of ACDC. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, two. I think it's got to be Michael Jackson. 
I like this. Didn't expect this. Yeah, man. I, dude, my roots run deep, brother. My roots run deep. Um, and then three. I'm gonna go Eminem. 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 Respect. Yeah. Absolutely. Respect. Absolutely. I've been listening to a shitload of Elvis since yesterday. Yeah, that continued in the office today for those at home. Man, great music. If you, if you just if you even just walk into me in Zach's office, you get a, you almost get a different flavor of music like every day. Oh yeah. Like I mean it's 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 so off the wall. One day it's Elvis. Phil Collins, today it's <laughs> Elvis. Tomorrow it's going to be, you know, grunge. <laughs> and then, you know, be 90s hip hop, you know, I and then 80s rock. Yeah, I, I mean would. Yeah, I mean, who knows? You you never know. You never know when you walk into country. the office what you're gonna get. We get some country, little Luke Combs. You know, I'm on my Luke Combs right now. You know, I'm on it. I, new Greta? album out. Little Greta, Greta Van Vliet. I mean, you you name it, folks. I mean, we got it. That's we right. got it. That's you know? right. That's right. So I mean, hey, is what it is, man. We like music. What can we say? What can we say? The final wild card. A saga came to an end today in the NBA. <laughs> Kyrie Irving situation where Kyrie got a wake-up call. The Nets could not find a sign-and-trade partner with him other than the Los Angeles Lakers. So nobody wanted him other than the Lakers who have no assets to offer in a trade. Kyrie forced to resign with the nets today and then has a tweet <laughs> where in typical Kyrie fashion acting like he's smarter than everyone else acting like he's smarter than everyone else i'm gonna find this tweet, typical read it off i'm gonna read this off <laughs> this, Kyrie this is this is embarrassing normal people keep the world going but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. Shut up. Shut up. Normal people keep the world going. Of course. You're making 30 million more with Brooklyn than you could with the Lakers. So you're different? That's just typical Kyrie fashion. Acting like he's smarter than everyone else. Acting like he's three steps ahead. When in reality, nobody wanted to trade for him other than one of the worst franchises in the NBA who had nothing, nothing to offer. Absolutely nothing. And now you're back on a train wreck roster where you can only play half the games because you won't get vaccinated. So here we are. So, Bryce, a a wake-up call for both the Los Angeles Lakers who have no assets and have no direction and... (laughs) Kyrie Irving, who nobody, not even the Sacramento Kings, not even the New York Knicks, had interest in trading for you. Bryce, give me your top three biggest train wreck franchises in the NBA right now. In the NBA. Okay. Numero uno. The Sacramento Queens. I mean, the Kings. (laughs) Numero dos. 
the New York Knickerbockers because they're linked to everyone and get absolutely no one. I can't wait for Malcolm Brogdon to don the number seven, the Carmelo Anthony seven you know who in, in New York. They're getting Brogdon and, and Terrence Ross. That's, what That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's and then number three, I think it has to be the Los Angeles Lakers because they literally traded away. They financed their entire future for an asterisk ring. And they're stuck with a Russell Westbrook contract. That's absolutely softest, terrible. The softest star in the NBA. A Disney, uh, a an aging LeBron James who is now missing games due due to injury the, the past two seasons. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my top three. God, I can't wait to do NBA pods with you and Caleb. Oh, wait. dude, dude, you, yeah. Wait. Well, hey, we got this Kyrie. We, this Kyrie shit got me riled up. It got me riled up. It did, time. dude. Like you, you're lit up, it's man. It's bullshit. It's the third time. We're three for three. Let, let me him. tell. Let me tell you guys. Let me give three you a little insight to Kyrie bending his teams over and trying to in a stranglehold. It's just so dumb. Let me let me give you a little insight to to Zach Griffith. A day a day with Zach Griffith. Okay, okay. Things that he just gets fired up about, okay? People it's that never anything that, important. No, well, sometimes people that suck at working, okay, <laughs> okay. Kyrie Irving and the Los Angeles Lakers, the, the franchise scream, and then Johnny Depp and Disney. Those are those are the four things that got Zach Griffith riled up today <laughs> at work. All while Elvis is playing in the background. So it was a pretty good idea. It was a pretty good day. So <laughs> yeah, just a typical, just a typical day. <laughs> it was a pretty good day. If those are the things I'm complaining typical about. Typical day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, we we've seen worse, but there you I mean, go. There's our day. I can't wait because we're we're three for three now. Kyrie's been on three teams, and this is the third time he's asked mm-hmm. out. And you go to the Cavs. I sent this in the chat today. I was like, "What was the point of leaving the Cavaliers?" When, if you're just gonna go to if you're just Lakers. gonna go to to LeBron again, what was the point? Daddy Brown, Daddy, Daddy Brown, help me, help me. Nothing without you. Literally the perfect Lakers. The perfect role on the Cavs. He left. Made, yeah. Made uh, three straight finals. Left. And guess what? He left. They made the finals without him the next year. Goes to the Celtics. Gets injured in the playoffs. They almost make the finals without him. They get to within a game of the finals. And then they make the finals next uh, last season. And then they almost make the finals the bubble season with Kemba replacing Kyrie. And then this season <laughs> refuses to get vaccinated. Absolutely refuses to get vaccinated, holding the team back, can only play in half the games. And I'll tell you who looks like a dumbass. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant looks like a dumbass. It doesn't even matter that Kyrie resigned because your old team just won a title without you. You're the greatest scorer in the game, and they still won without you. But let me let me just trust you. Put your faith in Kyrie Irving, (laughs) one of the most disloyal nutcase. I'm just gonna say it. Nutcase players in the NBA over. One of the most loyal team-oriented stars we've ever had in Steph Curry. True, it's true. But let me let me give you this little insight to Lakers fans. Okay, O'Shea Jackson, who was great in this Kenobi series, yes, tie back there. 
tweeted out today, Kyrie Irving, do it for Kobe, bro. But more important, do it for Kyrie Irving. This is how desperate, this is how desperate Laker fits. And you know what? He got crapped on on Twitter and he had to defend himself for, for bringing Good. Kobe into it. Good. It's embar- That's embarrassing. <laughs> They're so desperate for Kyrie something. Do it for Kobe Bryant. Should not be mentioned in the same breath. Do it for Kobe Bryant. Come to the Lakers for Kobe Bryant because that's because that's what Kobe Bryant would have wanted. Should not be mentioned in the same breath. Such a joke, dude. Although it is that's ironic that Kobe desperate. asked out a couple times. It is ironic. <laughs> but they should not be mentioned in the same breath. Oh, that's so bad. I mean, uh, we digress from anyway. Movie. Well, my top three dysfunctional franchises. Oh yes, number one's the Kings. They've been locked in there since those. Oh, good, we matched there. Uh, number two, I actually have the Lakers. Okay. Because although they have a better roster than the Knicks, I or do they? They they do. They do. Yeah, they, they better, do. They have they stars. Have, they have they stars. have a better roster than the Knicks. They have no assets. Once LeBron decides to hang it up, once a Disney asks out once again, uh, they have nothing. They have nothing. They have no trade partners for Russell Westbrook. They have nothing. They have let Julius Randle go. They have let Brandon Ingram go. They have let Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, Ball D'Angelo they Russell. Have let Brooke Lopez go for nothing. Brooke Lopez. Season before LeBron came. <laughs> yeah, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan uh, Clarkson, all gone. All Kuzma gone. Kuzma gone. So my number three is the Knicks. And the only reason the Knicks are above, or in this Wait, case, more confident. At Stan Brand. The only reason I have them more confident than the Lakers is because they actually have some decent young pieces. Uh they have assets for the future. Even though they had a terrible draft night, they did get some assets. Uh but yeah, this, the Knicks are always going to be. The Knicks have won. Knicks have won one playoff series since two thousand one. Okay. <laughs> My goodness. So there you go. <laughs> uh, plugs, Bryce. What do we got? Well, you know, uh, we've been we've been doing some good stuff on Linsanity. Uh, we just wrapped up uh, the finals. Uh, we talked. Uh, the night before NBA draft happened, uh, which uh, we had some twists and turns and some predictions go right there. Um, so I'm sure we'll continue to evaluate some NBA. We'll, we'll get back into NFL for sure. Uh, I believe we will have a certain small market king on this week. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's always fun when the small market king can join us. So, Yeah. We'll, we'll keep rolling. We're kind of in dead season right now uh, with NBA and NFL off. You know, we'll probably do some off-season stuff, some previews. Previews, you know, we love the previews, so we'll probably be doing that soon. Very nice, very nice. And as always, folks, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>